keeper. We thank you because you've been our sustainer. We thank you because without you, we'll be nothing. Without you, we will fail. Without you, dear God, we'll be just like a ship without a sail. So God, this morning, before we ask you for anything, we want to thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord, that last night was not our last night. Thank you, God, that this morning you touched us with your finger of love. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the activity of our limbs. And God, this morning for these many blessings, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. God, to the depths of our soul flowing from our heart is words of thank you. God, today I ask that you will reign in this place, that you would hide me behind the cross. Let man see none of me but all of thee, I pray in Jesus' name. God, I pray that your word will fall on good ground. God, that it would be hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against it. God, do what you want to do. Save, set free, and deliver. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And God, for this, we'll give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. This morning, I thank God for his goodness, his grace, his love, and his kindness. I bless God for another opportunity to stand behind uh, the sacred book board and stand before God's people to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for your senior pastor, the Reverend Chester. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise for him. My brother and my friend, I'm grateful amen to stand in his stead on today help me thank god for the pastor emeritus of this great church pastor hill come on come on we thank god for all of the ministers minister wilson minister willis minister thompson minister duckworth come on let's thank god for those ministers and clergymen amen to the choir that has sung out of the city of their souls to the musicians to the ushers, to my brothers and sisters, I greet you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To the deacons and the chairman deacon, I greet you. To the media department that has worked with me this morning, let's give God a praise for everyone in the building. Right quick, can we do this? Now let's give Jesus a praise. There you go, come on, let's give Jesus a praise. The one that woke you up this morning. The one that started you on your way. The one that gave you grace and mercy. The one that paid the price on Calvary. Let's give Jesus a praise. The Bible says from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of praise. Come on, come on, come on. Is he worthy this morning? Has he made any ways for you? Has he opened up any doors for you? Has he provided? Has he supplied? Has he protected? Let's give Jesus a praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I tell God, thank you this morning. I don't plan to be before you long. Your pastor, he called me on yesterday and he was giving me the, the rundown of the service. He told me that normally you all are out about three o'clock. So he said, no, no, wrong church. Okay. <laughs> Reverend Hill said you'll be here by yourself at three. Amen. 
But there is a word from God. I don't plan to be long, but I will be strong. Amen. So let's turn into our Bibles to the book of John. Getting at the 21st chapter. My mentor, uh, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Southall Brown from Savannah, Georgia, he taught me something. He said, whenever you go somewhere to preach, always take two words. He said, take one that's written down. And then he said, take one in your heart. He said, sometimes God want to speak from the overflow. And this morning, uh, the media department would be my witness. I had one uh, message prepared, but the Lord has shifted us just a bit. Amen. So I pray that you will pray with me and for me as I endeavor to do the Lord's will. John, the 21st chapter, beginning at the first verse. You'll find these words written for our consideration. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were with Simon Peter as he went into the sea going to fish. Simon Peter said, I'm going to fish. And the disciples said, we'll come too. They all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing at all that night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he, being Jesus, said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did what they could do to throw the nets onto the sea. The Bible says that their nets became so filled with fish, they couldn't haul in the nets that night. Then the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, is that you? Peter being so happy, he jumped into the water and he swam to Jesus. Thus far, the reading of God's word. For the next few moments, I would like to preach to you from this thought, and I would have that you look at your neighbor and repeat my thought with me. Say, neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, neighbor. It's, gonna it's gonna work this time. It's gonna work this time. You may be seated in the presence of God. It's gonna work this time. It's gonna work this time. Amen. It's going to work this time. Amen. This message, let me tell you ahead of time, it might not be for everyone here. This message is going to be for someone who's been trying something for the last 10 months of the year and you have failed time and time again. This message would not be for everyone, but this message is going to be for the person that knows without any reservation that God has given them a purpose and a plan but in the midst of the purpose and the promise you seem to come into an issue in the process this message may not be for everyone but this message is going to be for the one who's trying their best but it seems as if their best is not good enough 
Here this morning, my brothers and sisters, the, the brother, the disciple Peter speaks to us. He speaks to us and he tells us a vivid and detailed story about how sometimes in life you have to understand that God needs to step in your situation. Can I get a witness this morning? That every now and again, God has to put his hand and put his voice on your situation to make everything turn around in your favor. Let me be honest. Peter is not my favorite disciple. Peter is not my favorite biblical uh, uh, voice, but he is one of my favorites because Peter shows us that God can use anybody. Peter shows us that God is the God of another chance. Peter shows us that even when we mess up, God is still faithful enough to come to our rescue and give us another chance. Oh, you know Peter. Peter was the man who doubted God when Jesus told him to step out on the water. And he stepped on the water heading to Jesus but got too fearful. And Jesus had to save him. Je Jesus had to step in his situation then but Peter didn't get it right. Peter didn't understand how good and great God was. So, so Peter, Peter was the one that later on cut him, cut a man ear off. Y'all remember that Peter had a short temper. Peter had some problems and some issues, but God still saw Peter for the good that he had. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but there may be someone in Columbus, Georgia that can say, I used to have a short temper like Peter. I used to cuss you out like Peter. I used to pull my switchblade out like Peter, but thanks be unto God in the midst of my short temperedness, God still saw the best in me. You know, Peter, Peter was the one who even denied Jesus three times, but the Lord still had an assignment for Peter's life. The Bible says that now Peter is there uh, going into the ship and going to go get some fish. Peter, by trade, by occupation, was a fisherman of fish. Uh, he one day ran into connection and into contact with Jesus and Jesus changes him from a fisherman of fish to a fisherman of men. He puts his hands on him and he turns his world upside down and then Peter starts spreading the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters and Peter is now on the ship. He's in the sea and he's going fishing with some disciples. Can I tell you three points, three things that stood out to me while I read this scripture? While this scripture was in my spirit this morning, three things stood out to me. Point number one I want to give to you is that whenever you go on an assignment, be careful who you take. My God. Be careful who you connect yourself with. The Bible tells us and calls the role of all of the disciples that Jesus allowed to go with Peter. All of the people that Peter uh, brought with him on the journey for going to get some fish. But can I tell you that when you are with the wrong people, you are destined for failure. Can you see it in the text? He is going in the sea and he has everybody with him but Jesus. Can you see that? He has everybody with him but Jesus. 
Can I ask you the question this morning? How many people are you taking with you except Jesus? How many people have you asked for their opinions except Jesus? How many people have you tried uh, to get counsel from except Jesus? How many people have you asked for guidance except Jesus? Can I tell you like this? Amen. There are people, now some of y'all may not agree with this, but, but others I'm going to talk to this morning. There are some people that would run to Facebook with their problems. There are some people that would run to their cousins and aunties about their relationship issues when their cousins and aunties ain't got no man of their own. Amen. There are some people that you will run to about what to do on their job and what to do with their money when they still living in their mama's house. Every now and then, brothers and sisters, you've got to remember that instead of running to people and instead of taking people with you, you must take Jesus with you. Ah, God, I love you. I love you tonight. Amen. There are going to be some situations and there are going to be some trials that some friends and family cannot figure out in their natural mind. But when you learn that Jesus understands all of your problems, when you understand that Jesus wrote the end before the beginning was even made, you can understand that Jesus is prepared for your problems. He, he's prepared for your situation. He knows what you're going to go through before you go through it he knows what you're going to experience before it comes up he knows about it all but Jesus just like a good daddy is sitting there and standing there with his arms open wide waiting for his children to come to him can you see that in the text brothers and sisters I don't know about you but my daddy I remember like it was yesterday my father is a great father. I love him with all of my heart. But there was a time when I went to school and I had a hole in my shoe. He knew the hole was there. My mama knew the hole was there. But my daddy said he has to learn how to come to me. He has to learn that I got his back. He has to learn that anything he can go through, I'm able to help him through it. So until he put aside his pride, Lord, help me preach. Until he learns who his source is, I'm going to leave him in the wilderness. I'm going to leave him struggling. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but maybe you've been trying to figure it out on your own. Maybe you've been trying to work it out on your own. Maybe you've been trying to pay the bill on your own. Maybe you've been trying to get delivered on your own. But Jesus is standing here. Jesus is standing with open arms saying, come unto me and I will give you rest. Come unto me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me for I am a burden bearer. Lean on your neighbor and say, go to Jesus. If you don't believe that it is important to take Jesus with you whenever you go somewhere, please go ask those three Hebrew boys. Those three Hebrew boys that got tied up and thrown into the fiery furnace, they knew that it was over for them. But because they took Jesus with them. The Bible says that while they were in the fire, what was set up to kill them, they were living and thriving in it. 
I want you to know this morning, brothers and sisters, that no matter what the world says about your situation, when God gets in your situation, things will always change. Amen. When God gets in your situation, you are no longer at the bottom. The script done got flipped and you on the top. When God is in your situation, unfair favor is yours. When God is in your situation, doors open. When God is in your situation, money comes by way of miracle. Somebody just say, God, get in my situation. Get in my situation, Lord. This morning, my brothers and sisters, the first point I want to bring to you is take God with you in your situation. Don't go without God. Don't live and move on your own strength because if you live and move on your own strength, you would fall and you would fail. But, but when God gets in it, he'll give you supernatural power. Point number two I want to say to you is keep the faith. Your failure is not final. Keep the faith. Your failure is not final. Here in uh, verse number five and six, uh, uh, Jesus is now getting ready to approach uh, the disciples. He is standing on the shore and he is uh, speaking to them. I can hear it in my sanctified imagination. I, I know I read the scripture from a different uh, translation, but even in my spirit, I have a different translation. While uh, the ship is coming back to the shore, uh, uh, the disciples are looking and Jesus yells out, homeboy, I'm hungry. Where, where's the fish? Peter and the disciples right now, they're, they're sitting there in discouragement. They're sitting there in disgust because all night long they were trying to get some fish. All night long they were trying to, amen, get some food, but nothing seems to work in their favor. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been in a scenario where all year long you was trying to pay off some bills, but you end up losing your job? All year long you was trying to fix the relationship, but it seems like the more you tried the worst things God it has yet it seemed like all year long you've been trying to move from the back to the front but it seems like when you take two steps forward you get knocked six steps back there my brothers and sisters they were they were discouraged they were disgusted they were sad and depressed but God's had a moment of reflection God had a moment when he spoke into their lives God had a moment when he inquired let me tell you something this is just a side note before before God asks a question, he already knows the answer. Ah, oh, God, just like any uh, African-American woman, before the question is asked, they already know the answer. Amen. He says, where are the fish? Did you catch anything? He knew that he... And God blows my mind when he asks questions like that. He asks that same question to Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel got it right. He said, Lord, only thou knoweth. Amen. This morning, I want to ask you, what have you been trying to do that seems to not be working, that seems to not be succeeding, that seems to not be working in your favor? How do you feel right now? Do you feel as if God has forsaken you? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? 
Do you feel like God is not big enough to handle this situation? I come this morning to tell someone that your God is bigger than your situation. And instead of telling your God about your situation, start telling your situation about your God. Start telling your situation that God is bigger than cancer. Start telling your situation that God is bigger than the bills on the table. Start telling your situation that God can turn any situation around and make it for my good. He was in the on the verge of losing his faith but the Bible says that Jesus then speaks to him and says throw your net on the right side my brothers and sisters this morning I got to tell you that God is a God of meticulous details God is a God that shows you how to get the job done because every now and then you might want to bear off and do your own thing amen you might want to do things the way you want to do it you might want to do things the way you think it should work but every now and then God got to give you great details if you don't believe that God works in details look in the book of Genesis when he was talking to Noah and telling Noah how to build the ark Noah had amen his own mindset but Jesus said listen I want you to build it with this kind of wood I want you to make the make the doors this size I want you to use this for the windows I want you to use that for the doors he gave him meticulous detail because he didn't want you to mess this thing up and can I tell you if you can learn how to follow the directions and instructions of God when you think that you got it all figured out if you can learn how to follow his voice if you can learn how to follow his instructions you can come out of your situation out of your wilderness and go into your promised land amen this morning brothers and sisters it's hard sometimes to follow Jesus listen to what he says he says pray for those who curse you oh God that's hard right there he, he, he says, he says, I know that you don't have enough money to pay all of your bills, but he says in the midst of what you have, still pay your tithes and offerings. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up, Lord. How can I get, how can I be blessed by giving to your house? How can I be blessed by going and spending my last? God says, listen, it's not about what you see and it's not about what you think, but it's about who you're serving he says listen you are serving a God that is bigger than the problem and when I step in your situation I can make every dead thing live again I can make every dry thing wet again I can step into the midst of your fire and you won't be burned I need you to learn how to listen to my instructions I want to ask you a question this morning. Can you trust God when you can't trace him? Ah, God, can you trust him when it seems like there is nothing working in your favor, when it seems like God has left you and he has gone on break in the busy season of your life? Can you trust him when it does not seem to add up? My brothers and sisters, the Lord, amen, changed my sermon this morning while Sister Monica was talking. He changed my sermon this morning while Sister Monica was telling her testimony. Because if the truth be told, some of us are going through great troubles and trials as well. 
and it seems as if God has forgotten his promise. It seems as if God is leaving you in the fire and in the fight too long. But can I tell somebody this morning that God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should need to repent. So that means if God has brought you to it, God will see you through it. That means that if God has brought you to this present moment any way possible, by any means necessary, you will will come out of the fire in perfect timing the bible says something for us he says that after you learn that my instructions are key he says after you learn that you can't do it your way oh god you 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 you, you, you know how church people are i know y'all don't have this problem over here but at the church around the corner, you, you, we, we sometimes have gotten to a place and to a point where we don't ask God for instruction. We just reflect on our degree on the wall. We don't ask God for instructions. We just reflect on how the, uh, the church around the corner has done it. But when you understand that God's way is not our way, when you understand that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways and when you understand that when you are walking in life you're not called to walk by what seems right you're called to walk by faith and not by sight you can understand that there are times in your life when amen things did not add up but because god said it because God said it and because God can't lie, it will work out for your good. Amen. Can I just talk to somebody in the Bible that the little boy who had the three fish and five loaves of bread? But somehow the whole multitude got fed. It didn't make sense. It didn't add up. But when God got in it, God stretched that thing. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning whose paycheck is very low, but it seems like the whole house got fed off of whatever was in the refrigerator. God scratched that thing. God has a way of stretching your faith. God has a way of stretching your patience. God has a way of stretching your life so that he can get the glory out of it. Come on, let's give God a praise for his stretching power. God has to stretch us. I want to just bring up three people who have changed our lives, who did not succeed the first time. There's a man by the name of Walt Disney. I, I, I might be too young for y'all, but, but Walt Disney was told several times that his dreams of making movies and cartoons made no sense. Walt Disney was told that he will never be successful in this area. But if I'm not mistaken, Walt Disney made the movie The Lion King. I don't care about any other movie than The Lion King but can I tell you that when 
Walt Disney put aside his haters and naysayers. When Walt Disney remembered what God put in his spirit, he said that no matter how many people said no, all I need is one yes from God. Lord, have mercy. And I come to tell you this morning that regardless of how many no's you got from people, all you need is one yes from God. Okay, y'all didn't like Walt Disney. Let, let me bring it over to your corner. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was a news anchor. Oprah Winfrey lost her job. And the boss told her that you will not have a business or a career in this business. He began to talk about the way Oprah even looked. He said, you don't have a face for TV. You should stay on radio. My God, can you imagine that? Imagine someone telling you you don't have a face for TV, but you should stay on the radio but can i tell you something oprah stood at it oprah didn't quit oprah made up in her mind that she knew where she was going and she knew what god had placed in her so regardless of what the people said regardless of how ugly you might think i am amen god got something great for me and oprah became one of the greatest tv personalities of our time black and beautiful amen thank god because she did not quit my last point is going my last man of reference is going to be this there was a man by the name of michael jordan pastor you know who i'm talking about there was a man by the name of michael jordan michael jordan said these words i have missed over nine thousand shots that means he failed over nine thousand times I have lost almost 300 games. He said to over 26 times, I was given the opportunity to make the game winning shot and I failed. He said, I have failed over and over and over again in life. He says, but that is the reason why I succeeded. He said, because I refused to quit, because I stopped looking at the situation and I looked past the situation, because I understood that my failure is not final, because I understood that I might have lost this round, but I didn't lose the match, because he understood I might have lost the relationship, but I didn't lose love, because he understood I might have lost your approval, but God is still shining grace and mercy on me. He says, I'm going to keep on trying. I'm going to keep on shooting. I'm going to keep on striving because I will succeed one day. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I know it's nine, ten months into the year and you feel like nothing good is coming out of this year. But can I tell you that God made the heavens and the earth in seven days. And if he made things in seven days, in the next 60 days that's left in this year, he can turn your 
situation around. He can give you healing. He can give you deliverance. He can give you the breakthrough. The fight is not over. The match is not done. The fat lady has not sung yet. There's still hope with God. I'm getting ready to take my seat. The last point I want to bring to you. Mm. Here in the text, the Bible says that Jesus is standing on the shore. He gives them a detailed instruction. He says, throw out your net on the right side of the boat. Throw out your net on the right side of the boat. Bible says they listened to Jesus. When they threw it out, the Bible says they brought back in a bountiful blessing and harvest. They went from nothing to more than enough. This morning, can I suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that you will never pull something in until you learn to throw something out. Right. Here in the text, if we look at where the disciples are, their empty net shows them something. Their empty nets remind them of the hours they spent getting nowhere. Their empty nets reminds them of their failure all night long. Their empty nets remind them that they have gone and worked a full hour shift but have nothing to show for. Then Jesus came and says, throw out what reminds you of your depressed place. Throw out what is holding you back from being successful. Throw out what happened in the last relationship. Throw out what happened in the last job. Throw out what happened in the last house. Throw out what happened at the last church. Throw out what happened in the last life because what I want to give to you is bigger than what you're about to throw out. And this morning, my brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I want to let you know that in the midst of what you have in your boat that's reminding you of your failures, God is getting ready to turn your failures into smiling. He's getting ready to ask you to throw out your depression so you can pull in joy. He's getting ready to ask you to throw out, amen, your sickness so you can bring in healing. He is getting ready to ask you to throw out your doubt so you can pull in greater faith he's getting ready to pull you from the back to the front he's getting ready to pull you from the pit to the palace he's getting ready to move you from not enough to more than enough but what you've got to learn how to do is throw out what you got throw out what you've been holding on to throw out what you've been holding on to and you can't sleep at night the bible says apostle paul said it like this i'm letting go of the things which are behind me because i'm pressing 
towards greater things. I don't know who I came to preach to this morning, but if you can let go of what happened in the last life, God can give you a brighter future. Somebody push your neighbor and say, let it go. I know it hurts you, but let it go. I know that it knocked you down, but let it go. I know that it made you slow, for, but what make let it go. I know it made you scared to love again, but let it go. I know it made you afraid to trust people again, but let it go. I know it made you look at the church funny, but let it go. God want to pull. God want to pull you up. God want to pull you out. But you can't get out until you learn to let it go. Everybody standing in the house. Everybody standing in the house. My brothers and sisters, I pray that from the overflow, someone got fed this morning. I pray that you were reminded that no matter how big your situation is, your God is bigger than that. I pray that you were reminded that when God is for you, no matter who is against you, you will win. You will be victorious. You are an overcomer. I dare somebody, put your hand on yourself and say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And with God, I will win. At this time, the service is turned to the reverence ministers to open the doors of the church.